Hello, I'm John Shelton, publisher of the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry and the primary care companion for CNS Disorders. Welcome to the Cyclopedia Activity, Bipolar Disorder Maintenance Treatment, Monitoring Effectiveness and Safety, by Dr. Michael E. Thais, who is from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, the Philadelphia Veterans Affairs Medical Center, and the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. This activity is part of the CME series, Bipolar Disorder, Lessons for Rural Physicians, Adjunctive Interventions for Maintaining Remission, which was sponsored by an educational grant from Pfizer. Bipolar I disorder is typically characterized by periods of depression and mania, whereas bipolar II disorder has recurrent depressive episodes and briefer non-psychotic hypomanic episodes. Medications used to manage bipolar disorder can shorten the duration of mood episodes and help prevent new ones, thus lengthening the time that patients spend well and functional. The long-term treatment goal is to protect against both poles of the illness without increasing cycle frequency. Effective medications for bipolar disorder include the mood stabilizers lithium, divalproex, lamotrigine, and carbamazepine although carbamazepine is rarely used in primary care. Atypical antipsychotics are also effective. For the mood stabilizers, lithium was first demonstrated to treat and prevent acute mania, but has since been shown to have some antidepressant effects. It's also been shown to reduce the risk of suicidal behavior and completed suicide. More than half a century of data support lithium's efficacy, safety, and tolerability, and it's the least expensive bipolar medication. However, not all patients will respond to lithium, and even those who do respond may not be able to tolerate it. Lithium side effects include diarrhea and other GI concerns, acne and psoriasis, tremor and changes in handwriting, and memory impairment and other cognitive complaints. Typically, higher doses are needed to treat mania, but once patients are stabilized, their toleration for those doses decreases. A slow reduction of lithium blood levels may reduce some side effects like diarrhea, tremor, and memory impairment. With long-term exposure, there's the risk of hypothyroidism in goiter and a tendency towards weight gain. Lithium-induced polyuria and excessive thirst can be associated with the development of renal insufficiency and teratogenic effects include an increased risk of congenital hypothyroidism and congenital cardiac malformations. The next mood stabilizer, Divalproex, is comparable in efficacy to lithium for mania and is a useful alternative. Common side effects of Divalproex include upset stomach, weight gain, sedation, and changes in hair growth. A minority of patients will have reduced platelet counts or elevated liver enzymes. Some women may have menstrual irregularities and other changes suggested of polycystic ovarian syndrome, and divalproex therapy during pregnancy is associated with a risk of neural tube defects. Finally, lamotrigine is effective for relapse prevention, though in contrast to lithium, it's more effective at prolonging the time to a recurrence of depression than of mania. 
Lamotrigine is well tolerated, but like other anticonvulsants, it's associated with the risk of serious, sometimes fatal, skin rashes. In regards to the atypical antipsychotics, aripipazole, olanzapine, and long-acting risperidone are approved as monotherapy maintenance treatments for bipolar I disorder. In studies, aripipazole and long-acting risperidone significantly delayed the time to relapse for manic but not depressive episodes, while olanzapine significantly prolonged the time to relapse for both manic and depressive episodes. The atypical antipsychotics, quetiapine and ciprazidone, are approved as add-on treatments to mood stabilizers. Adjunctive quetiapine significantly reduced the risk of manic and depressive relapse, and adjunctive ciprazidone produced a significantly longer time to intervention for any mood episode compared with placebo. Side effects associated with atypicals included weight gain, sedation, dyslipidemia, diabetes, EPS, and hyperprolactinemia. Weight gain and other metabolic disturbances are the greatest safety and tolerability concerns with atypicals, but side effect profiles differ for each agent. For example, olanzapine is associated with a greater risk of metabolic side effects and weight gain, whereas aripipazole and ziprazidone are associated with the least risk. Typically, people who are likely to gain weight during therapy often begin to do so within the first four to eight weeks, so minimizing weight gain should begin from the outset of therapy. There's a low risk for tardive dyskinesia with atypicals, but ongoing monitoring is still necessary. Also, be aware that this class of medications is not approved for psychosis associated with dementia in the elderly. Increased mortality has been documented in this population. When treating patients with bipolar disorder, more than one medication may be necessary. In fact, patients now receive on average three or more medications, including mood stabilizers, atypical antipsychotics, and sometimes antidepressants for breakthrough depression. Current practice guidelines recommend using either lithium or divalproex as the first-line treatment for all phases of bipolar disorder. If this fails, the next step often includes combining these mood stabilizers or adding lamotrigine if depression is the dominant phase of the illness. When clinically indicated, atypical antipsychotics can be used instead of a second mood stabilizer. Combination therapy can improve treatment response and possibly allow for lower dosing of medications, which may reduce the occurrence of adverse effects. However, combining medications can also cause additive side effects and tolerability issues. For example, weight gain is likely to be more common in patients taking multiple drugs and should be closely monitored. Not only does obesity contribute to physical morbidity, it's also correlated with more depressive and manic episodes, less time between episodes, and less treatment response to depressive episodes. Other problems with combination therapy include drug-drug interactions, suboptimal dosing of both agents, decreased adherence, and increased costs.
So when choosing medications, try to strike a balance between treatment benefits and potential risks. Patients should be followed closely so that side effects, tolerability issues, and breakthrough symptoms can be proactively addressed to enhance treatment adherence and improve patient outcomes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To earn CME credit and see other CME activities, go to cmeinstitute.com slash cyclopedia. To listen to additional podcasts, go to psychiatrist.com slash podcast.